Well, on the one-month anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, we've been talking tonight more about the humanitarian situation. Uh, we heard from our last guest just how desperate it is inside the country. Of course, for Ukrainians around the world with family in Ukraine, it has been a desperate month. Uh, many of them have watched and hoped while family flee, uh, women and children particularly. Um, we've heard we're about to speak to one woman from Toronto who's been trying to reunite with her mom and her sister and her sister's partner who've made it to Berlin. But backlogs are tough. Getting people here is tough. Uh, the government's saying that more than 4,500 outstanding applications from Ukrainians are currently sitting in the database of immigration, refugees, and citizenship Canada. And less than 5% of more than 6,700 applicants have received visas. Svetlina Nechaparenko is like many. Again, her mother and sister are now safely in Berlin, but still waiting on visas for her mom and her sister's partner to be able to come here while her father and grandmother are still back in Ukraine. She joins me now from Toronto. This must be a really, must have been a very challenging month for anyone who's had family back home. It absolutely has. And much of my friends here, they've been going the same experience of parents and siblings. Um, so they could stay with them for the next couple of months. Hope it's only going to last a couple of. Uh, some friends were lucky because their parents had visas for entry into Canada from previous. In my case, it it was only my sister who had her visa, um, and she can leave and she can arrive here in Canada at any time. Though with her is her girlfriend who needed a visa as well. And so all three of them currently, they're living in a retirement home uh, at a retirement residence in Berlin. Uh, they were able to, to get that room for free um, because they, they're considered as um, temporarily relocated due to the situation in the country. Uh, so they've, they've been able to stay. And from what I know, there are no limits to how long they can stay at that home. Although they are still hoping that eventually they'll be able to come and stay with me because all of us, we need that kind of moral support just to reconnect, reunite, and then wait for, for, for when it's safe to fly home and hug my dad, who's bravely, um, he continues to work in Kiev. He's still there. So he's yeah. still there. Um, yes, um, he, he has work commitments and he's been very brave and very safe and cautious. Um, I message him every day. Thank goodness there's internet connection and he's been able to send me updates. I, I know so you're trying, try, sorry, you're trying to bring your sister, her girlfriend yeah. and your mom here. How, how easy or not easy has that proven to be so far? Your sister I know has a visa, your yes. mom and, and uh, her girlfriend do not. Well, we applied for both my sister, uh, my sister's girlfriend, girl, girlfriend and my mom before the new program was implemented on March 17th. And so for my mom, I believe we applied on March 10th. And right now it's March 24th, exact 14 days since we applied. And, and the processing is still in progress. Although a few years ago, she had already given her um, biometric data. So she's given her fingerprints. So I really don't see any reasons for the application to be taking this long, but it is. Um, today, I called the CAC hotline just to find out the status of her application. And the automatic response was that it's still in progress and going through a background check. 
because they are not technically refugees, right? There, there are very little systems in place for them when mm-hmm. they arrive, other than what you can give them. Um, yes. So when you've looked into that, what do you think they'll be able to qualify for when they get here? And what kind of work are you going to have to do? And it looks like it's still pretty unclear. It is extremely unclear. And actually, my sister, she's she's she was able to keep her job. She works remotely um, for her employer. So she's she's been able to continue her work and get some kind of ongoing income. Um, Valerie, she used to be employed with the Ukraine, with the Canadian embassy in Ukraine. Oh, wow. Okay. And as an, I believe as an administrator and she is not currently being paid and it is unknown. There is no remote, um, there is no remote opportunities. There are no remote opportunities with the embassy. So that's pending. We'll probably have to find a job for Valerie here. Mm -hmm. But again, depending on how quickly we would get that work permit, I'm I'm considering a scenario where it might take up to several months, and that might be the time when they can safely fly home and start rebuilding Ukraine. So right. we'll apply. We know it won't hurt, but then depending on when they receive those permits, that's when we'll start start looking. I know that with my mom. Yeah, your mom just had her, surgery, right? Your mom just had yeah, surgery. She, how does that does work have, when she gets here? Well, that is that is also a concern for me because I know that she would probably need regular medical attention. So I will be looking for resources on how to get the required medical attention in a timely manner, um, because what all Canadians often experience are, especially right now during COVID times, are six-month waiting periods and. I'm just not sure whether that would be feasible for us. Um, I'll probably just have to look into options of private clinics and so on. Um, But when it comes to, and walking clinics, but when it comes to work for my mom, her English is not great. So either we'll look for employment with Ukrainian diaspora, Mm -hmm. which would be a bit more accessible. And of course I will be, getting in touch with all of my networks here that I've built over the past eight years since I moved here. I was going to say, if, if you don't have your networks, um, how much of this system is still reliant on people like you taking care of the people coming? And how much is the government able to provide you to help? I haven't heard of any official government programs for refugees. So far, all of the resources that I've been relying on were my personal networks and uh, charities that focus on on providing support for immigrants. Um, right. I guess they're issues. not they're not refugees technically. That that is seems to be no. part of the issue. Yes, that is true. That is true. But um, I think one of the organizations that reached out to me they weren't specifically focused on people with the refugee status. Mm-hmm. But it's just um, free assistance with employment and with um, language classes, English classes. Right. So that is something that most likely my mom would be interested in. Right. But it's a tough one, right? Because nobody wants to be here to come here under the refugee status because technically, and it's really hard for any Ukrainian to even accept the refugee status. Mm-hmm psychologically you know every time i speak to a ukrainian who is in 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 running right now they keep on repeating we are forced to relocate our plan is to go back to ukraine when it's safe and our plan is to go back to ukraine and rebuild the country 
And that's the plan for all three of my family members at this time. Svetlana, thank you so much for sharing your story with me tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure.